I'm honored to, to be able to come and share with you today. Um, God has been doing some awesome things in my life and the life of my family. And uh, I'm not going to share a, a whole lot of that with you today because I've got something more important to share. But what I'm sharing today is a direct relation to what God's doing in my family. I don't have the clicker, so next slide. All right. Would y'all stand in uh, honor of reading of God's Word? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Please be seated. Okay. What I want to talk about is start off is in, in the military... Since I've had 23 years of experience, I thought I'd do this uh, a little bit different today. Uh, in the military, we start off with where we currently are. So I want to discuss some stuff about where we currently are uh, in reaching the world like God told us to. Next slide. In North America, that's the United States and Canada is what we're talking about here, not just the United States. There's 259 million people that have never heard the gospel. That's 75% of the people in North America have never heard the gospel. Now look, think about your neighborhoods whenever we're talking about these numbers. 75% of your neighborhood has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is just one small part. Next slide. All people groups throughout the world, uh, the IMB and other places say, well, we can't go by countries now because there's so many different people groups throughout the countries. And we can say that India has been reached if we don't look at people groups. We can say that, that the United States has been fully reached if we don't look at people groups. When we start looking at people groups, there's people groups in the United States. Of the, even in the United States have not been reached with the gospel and in India, and in China, and, and some other places. But here's this. 6.8 billion people in all the people groups throughout the world. That's the estimate, uh, last estimate. And this is uh, uh, from 2010 uh, survey. Unreached people groups, there's 280 billion unreached people groups out of that. Or 280 billion people that are unreached. I'm sorry. 1040 window. Of that 680 billion, 400 and a half billion live in the 1040 window. How many has heard of the 1040 window before? Know where that is? Okay, we got a few. I'm going to explain that to you here in just a second. 2.72 billion people live in this area called the 1040 window. 
1041, though, is an area from uh, 10 degrees to 40 degrees latitude of the equator. Okay, that's on the... It covers North Africa to China. Now, I ain't going to go back. If you will look, right in the center of that is Israel. The, the birthplace of Christianity. I still haven't been able to figure that out. How we can have 280 billion, or 270 billion people. Most of the unreached people group is in this area. How can that be? Next slide. The red is the unreached people group. This is the world. The green, I don't know if you can really see that that well, but the green is established or with significant church presence, and the yellow little dots on that are nominal Christian groups, nominal Christians. What amazes me is how much yellow, back up, sorry guys, how much yellow is in North America. You notice right in the middle of the yellow belt, I don't have a pointer either, but right around the southern Bible belt here on the east coast, is considered nominal. Okay. And this is by the Joshua Project, the numbers that they pulled up. We have a significant task in front of us. Each and every Christian has this task. Next slide. Okay, the first thing, let's look back at Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and we're going to discuss exactly what this is talking about. Consider those numbers as I'm talking. 280 billion people are dying and going to hell if we don't do something. 75% of all your neighbors are dying and going to hell if we don't do something. Look at your family. Seventy-five percent, according to statistically speaking, have no hope of heaven. Now, I have to say, we, we are doing stuff. We are sending people all over the world. We're sending people out to Zebulun. We're doing stuff. But that's not for us to pat each other on the back of. That's for us to say, look where you can plug in. It's We've got places that we're going and serving. And you know what? If God's not called you to one of these places, where has he called you? Because he's calling you somewhere. Um, so let's look at this. The authority. Now, in the military, we have to have authority for everything we do. So... In life, who gives Christ the authority? It says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Okay, what authority? Number one, well, if we look in the Old Testament, the Bible is Christ's authority, uh, God's word. 
You look at the Old Testament, and the entire Old Testament does, has one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to point to Jesus Christ. The Messiah is coming. You start in Genesis, and the very first thing that happens in, in Genesis is we all know that Adam and Eve screwed up. Okay? The first thing they did is they said, we want to be like you, God. And they turned their back on what God said, and they said, we want to do it our way, though. So reading in, in Genesis 3.15, God tells us, Eve, he's talking to Eve in this, he says, That we have, I'm sorry, in 315 we have the first promise of a Savior. When God tells Eve, says, I will put enmity between you, between the snake and your seed. And your seed will be, will bruise the head of the snake, or will crush the head of the snake and will bruise your heel. That's the first promise in Scripture that we have of a coming Savior. What was interesting to me in this is he didn't say Adam was left, anything about Adam. Adam was left out of the picture on this. It was the woman's seed, not Adam's seed. So even there in Genesis 3.15, we're pointing to the virgin birth. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that Christ, that the Scripture is pointing to Christ. So the Old Testament has authority to Christ. But listen to this. John, where is it? John 1 through 3 and then 13 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. Glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So you see, Christ has full authority on earth. But He didn't keep that authority to Himself. He gave that authority to us. Now did He give the authority to us to sit around and warm a pew in the church. No, he didn't. He gave us the authority to go out into the world and make disciples. The next verse, 19, says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now what amazes me <clears throat> is that we not only have authority that Christ gave us authority to go out, He expects us to go out and share the gospel. We find that in 19, He says, go, go ahead and go to the next slide. I think it's time. Okay. He says, go and make disciples. Let me share with you some of what the other uh, verses say. I looked up 
as I was doing this. I want to see what it says in each of the other uh, Gospels. So Mark 16, 15 through 16. It says this, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who, who, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Luke 24, 44 through 48 says this. Now he said to him, These are my words which I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance from the, for the forgiveness of sin would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. In John twenty twenty one, Jesus said to them, Again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. All these are sending, sending, sending. This is the last thing that Christ said to his disciples before he left the earth to go be with the Father. Is to go. Now, we are going. There's more room to go, though. It's not just going and teaching, though. In Acts 1 8, see up here behind me, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witness in, in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. You see, it's not about staying here in Zebulun. I mean, that's important. It's important that we're out reaching our neighbors, and it's important that we're out talking to everybody we come in contact to. You see, the early church didn't just go to one individual at a time. They went out in a couple of different ways. The first one was incidental. Is in Matthew 28, that, that word go, doesn't mean just go. It means as you are going, or going therefore. So it's every day of our lives, it's as we're going. It's as we're running into people. As we have the opportunity to share, God wants us to share. And he gives us opportunities. We just have to be looking for it. It's the looking for it that's tough. Because it's easy for me to go, well, he, he really didn't have time. That, that store clerk, you know, he's interested. Uh, seemed to be talking a little bit. But I had three people in line behind me. That guy that asked for ten dollars, you know, he, he just needed food. He didn't really want to hear about the gospel. There's things that are far more important than our comfort. There's things that are far more important than 
money. There's things that are so much more important than time. Are you willing to give a little time to share? Uh, one of my, a pastor, uh, professor that I had uh, last semester said this, and it really, really put an impact on, on the way that I look at sharing the gospel. He said this, he said, how much do you have to hate somebody not to tell them about Jesus? You see, we live our lives like universally. Because I, I don't want to think that Aunt Ethel is going to die and go to hell. Because Aunt Ethel took care of me when I was little. She loves me. I would go over there and she'd always have a, a tall glass of tea and some cookies. I mean, she was a wonderful old lady. Surely, surely she's not going to hell. But you see, we have a qualifier in John 3.16, don't we? It's not everybody goes. It's to go to heaven. It's only those who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, we live our lives like universally, that everybody gets to go. There's only two ways, folks. There's either God's way or man's way. And we proved all the way back in Genesis that man's way leads to death and destruction. It's only God's way that we have any hope at all. Now with a, a crowd this big, I want you to think about that. Because you know somebody that don't know Christ. And i got a question here right now. Is Have you talked to them? Have you personally went to that person and said, Look, I love you. And I can't stand the thought of not being with you for eternity. My grandmother-in-law, Mary's mom, was a witch. That's the only thing I can say. I mean, that's, she really was a witch. Um, she would do the tarot cards and all this other stuff and if you made her mad she'd burn a black candle for you and she'd burn a green candle if she wanted you yeah great granny it was your mom's grandmother um, but she would do all these things and we were talking to the kids and tell the kids you know this is wrong and stuff and was it Trisney or Trillian one of the two Trillian went to her one day and said, Granny, and she was just little. And said, Granny, I love you. I don't want you to go to hell. Praise God today that that woman has accepted Christ. 
And it wasn't because of some uh, guy like me that went up and tried to talk her into it or tried to explain the gospel to her. We can't talk anybody into anything. But it was because a little kid went and said, Granny, I don't want you to go to hell. And the Bible says that if you don't love Jesus and turn your life over to him, you're going to go to hell. How easy is that? It's not about being arrogant. It's not about saying, I know more than you know, because all you have to know is one more thing to teach somebody else, right? That's what Christ said. All we have to do is go and say, look, like Isaiah told us a few weeks ago in our quiet time, you're not the one that's going to go and beat somebody over the head with the Bible saying you have to believe this. But you're supposed to be the one that's standing on the wall for your neighbor saying, look, the end's coming. The end's coming, folks. And at the end, there's going to be a judgment. And if you're not right with Jesus Christ, if you don't have a relationship with a holy God, you're going to face the great white throne of judgment. And there's not going to be weights like so many Americans believe. Well, if there's going to be this weight that all my good stuff's piled up on one side and all my bad stuff's piled up on the other and the one that comes out the best is the way that I go. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Our only hope is for the blood of Jesus Christ. The hope of our neighbors, the hope of our family, is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. If we're not telling these people that are in our lives that we come in contact with that Jesus Christ loves you, He died on the cross for you, we're failing them. There was a guy that I worked with for many years. And he had heard us talk about Christ. He had heard us talk about other stuff, but I'd never personally witnessed to him. I never I don't know where he is today. Okay, and I don't know because one day he was he was in the army and he was out doing a, a run PT. His roommate was there, was another friend of mine. And he never came home. So his roommate went out looking for him and found him laying dead on the sidewalk of a massive heart attack. We're not promised tomorrow. We're promised today that God loves us. And if we'll turn to Him, we can have a relationship with us. That's what we're supposed to be sharing. Nothing else. It's not us to make them believe. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. All right. Next slide. Not only does... We can't just leave people once we go and tell them about Christ and say, okay, you know about Christ. 
You're good to go. Give me a high five. You're good. See you later. We've got to go out and teach them, right? <clears throat> the early church took this command very seriously. You read in the first part of Acts about them sharing the gospel. Acts 2, 46 through 47 says, Day by day they continued one with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity in heart, praising God. And having, with fa uh, having favor with all people, the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day and being saved. We also see in the Acts, the gospel was immediately and miraculously pe preached to foreigners. Just a few verses later in chapter 8, as the church started to be persecuted, they began dispersing throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And Samaria. Philip winds up in Samaria. He's preaching and seeing people come to Christ. The Spirit sends him out into the desert. And he witnesses to the Ethiopian that has trying to figure out what the scriptures are saying. And he explains to him and baptizes him right there. And then the scripture tells us that he immediately went to Astol. What an exciting time. I mean, that truly was speaking in tongues, you know. Whenever they were in that room, 120 guys, and they had people from all nations, it says, in that room. And God came upon them with the Holy Spirit and they spoke and every person in the room understood. That was a move of God. Do we see moves of God today? Yeah, when we're willing. When we're saying, yes, God, I'll go. Send me. Colossians 2, 8, we proclaim him, admonishing him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that wisdom may be present. Every man complete in Christ for the purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works in me. Second Timothy 2, 16, 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching and reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, adequately equipped for every good work. I'm going to run just a minute over because I want to demonstrate one thing. Brother Lee, would you help me? All right. Come on, Kyle. All right. This is what we're going to do. Come on up. Brother Lee is the church's way it operates in America today. You're a senior pastor. Brother Kyle is the Acts church, the way it ought to be. Y'all go out and start your church. Go bring somebody up. Go, go make a convert. You can bring them down here. That way we won't crowd the whole thing. Just pick the first guy you come to. It's okay. Okay. Hang on. You're going to do the same thing in a minute. This is what I want you to do. I want you to teach him how to make a convert. And next, this next rotation, both of y'all are going to go get somebody. Okay? All right. You're the pastor. We hired you. You're a hired gun. Go make a convert. Okay? 
Okay. Now the four of you, you'll make a convert. All right. Go get you another convert. And Brother Lee said not to be coming over here to his field. He's no, <laughs> all right. You'll get another. Y'all go make convert now. This is our last rotation because I don't think I'm gonna have enough people to do it more than this. That's good. All right, my question is now, which congregation do you want to belong to? <laughs> I mean, I can tell you that if he's growing where he's multiplying every year like this, he's doing better than most churches in America. But that's not what our goal is. This is our goal. All right, y'all go sit back down. Thank you for helping me. The, the idea is that in making disciples, we teach them how to make other disciples. We teach to teach to teach. And then before you know it, that 259,000 people, or million, million people, excuse me, in the United States is a lot less, or in the North America is a lot less. That 280 billion people throughout the world that need Christ is a lot less. The IMB and other organizations today are pushing, are pushing hard by 2020 to have every people group in the world reach. Will you be part of that? Go to the next slide. All right, I'm finishing up. I'm out of time, I know. I wish this was original and my thought come up on this, but it ain't. No thought's probably original. If you've read the book Radical, you've seen this. If you've not read the book Radical, please read it. If you're not reading Scripture, read Scripture. But if you are reading Scripture, then you can introduce Radical to that also, okay? Um, if you've not been reading Scripture, read Radical. It'll convince you that you need to be in the Scripture. This is not original if you have, uh, have read the book Radical. Okay, let's look at this. God sends his servants. His servants go and tell. People here. Hearers believe, believers call, everyone who calls is saved. Where can this breakdown possibly? Let's look at it in reverse order here. David says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. Is that true? According to Scripture, that's true. Everybody that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is saved. That's our promise that we have in Scripture. Those who believe the gospel message will call upon the name of the Lord. You've got to hear the gospel in order to know who Christ is, right? Many who hear 
will believe. Not all, but many. That's the important thing. It's not us. You can't force somebody to believe. That's between the Holy Spirit and them. And the Holy Spirit is the one that does the convicting. We do the talking. People hear the gospel when servants tell them. God sends his servant. Now we know that God, Matthew 28, 18, and what I've been talking about, God sends his servant. He's commanded each one of us to go. Our orders are not to sit here and keep pews down. I've got a dog at the house. that His job is to hold a piece of carpet down. That's all he does. Your job is to get up and go. I promise you the pews won't fly away if you're not here. But if, if you're not here, don't be... Let me see if I can say this. If you're not going to be here, be here, don't be here because you're out serving God. Okay? Did I say that right? I think so. You know what I'm saying. If you're out serving God, it's okay if you're not here. If you're not out serving God on Sunday morning, you may need to be here praising God. Okay? If we're on a mission trip, that's cool. Good reason not to be here. But God, God wants you to go. He wants you to go and share with your friends. You may not be called to India. Not everybody is. But you are called. Okay. Um, listen, next slide. This is a question I have for you. What about you? What are you going to do? If we really believe that the Bible is God's word. If we really believe that he means what he says in it, it should have some impact on our lives. Right? So what about you? Are you going to trust in Scripture that God's going to take care of you if you're doing his work? Or are you just going to go keep on going and doing what you're doing? If you don't have any concern any concern at all for your neighbors and your family. You need to really pray and ask God if you're truly saved. Because who wants to be in heaven? And it's just me. And if our idea of heaven is not a relationship with Jesus Christ, and drawing others into that relationship. We're messed up. So, on the invitation this morning, I'm going to ask this. Is God calling you? Has God been calling you? And are you listening? If you're not a Christian today, God's calling you into a relationship with Him. We're told in Scripture that Jesus Christ came to earth he was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life, proving that he was God, that he was who he said he was, that he died on the cross for your sins, and three days later, he proved even more that he was God by conquering death and was raised. He gave us a command before he left to go and make disciples. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father, and we wait on his return. 
when he returns, he won't return as a humble servant like he did before. He's going to return as a king because he's earned that right. And it says then that every knee will bow and every tongue confess. If you wait till that day to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's going to be too late. You're going to face judgment. But today is the day of opportunity. Today you can confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and your eternity will be secured with Him in heaven. And then He calls us to grow in relationship to Him and go out and share what He's done for us with others. So Jason, will you come up?